Greetings once again. Um, this is Dr. Robert Marks, the retired professor of surgery from the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. Uh, this is the sixth in a series of podcasts dealing with the controversies in our world. The first four, as you hopefully have tuned in on, uh, were centers around the um, uh, the profession of oral and maxillofacial surgery. The last two and those going forward were the controversies that face you and I every day, not necessarily as physicians, although I will rely on a lot of medical and biologic facts to support some of the concepts I will bring forward to you. Uh, the last one dealt a little bit with uh, evolutionary science, which I hope uh, you appreciated. Uh, this one will delve into that to some degree as well. Uh, I will title this one, Why Are We Fat? That should raise eyebrows right away. It should be of no surprise to realize uh, that the high percentage of overweight and obese individuals are in the industrialized societies of the world. You only need to observe those gathered at a sporting event, particularly those people with their shirts off and acting crazy, uh, those people in an airport, or most any public gathering to see the double chins, the protruding abdomen, the oversized buttocks, the spare tires, and of course, the tight stretch shirts with buttons ready to pop. Obesity is now so pervasive that one only needs to look at the numerous diets that are out there. Nutrisystems, Weight Watchers, Pritikin, Atkins, South Beach, Golo, Keto, Noom, and I haven't even covered half of them. Additionally, the memberships and fitness clubs are at an all-time high. And there's numerous in-home exercise machines such as Nordic Track and Peloton uh, that attest to the public's realization that we are fat as a public and we are pretty much overweight. People understand that they're trying to do this exercise to shed pounds that are very difficult to shed. The magnitude of obesity, uh, I would say, is further underscored by the commonality of bariatric surgery. Now, I have dealt with the bariatric surgeons doing some supportive surgeries for them as a uh, head and neck surgeon. Uh, what bariatric surgery is, if you're not familiar with it, is a weight reduction surgery. There's a variety of them, like removing part of the stomach, stapling the stomach, or rerouting some of the intestinal tract. Uh, won't get into that, but you have to be 100 pounds overweight to just qualify for bariatric surgery. Uh, the realization that we as a society are fat even extends to our children, sadly. Uh, the American Academy of Pediatricians has announced that. Uh, one should also remember the National Football League's NFL promotion of 60 minutes of play each day for our children. Again, supported by the American Academy of Pediatric Surgeons. So there's no arguing that too many people are too fat. Such accumulation of fat has been attributed to sedentary lifestyles, promoted by cell phones, promoted by our computers, a diet that is rich in calories and high in volume. And certainly these are major contributors. I would not deny that one bit. But they are not necessarily the root cause of the problem. It may come as a surprise to you there's another root cause of this problem. The real root cause of obesity must not only answer why we are fat, but also why some people are not fat. We have all heard some of our overweight friends lament that no diet works for them and that they eat very little, exercise heavily, and still gain weight. 
they can't all be wrong, although a lot of them don't really exercise and do eat more than they admit to. But that's too common of a lament to pass off uh, summarily. Conversely, we've always heard, too, of other people who we have observed ourselves that eat everything they want, don't really exercise a whole lot, and never gain weight. We often call these people uh, people with a hollow leg. So is there an answer that explains both sides of this equation? There actually is. It is a, from our basic biologic and evolutionary beginning. So once again, I'll rely a little bit on where we are as a species. We humans are one of the few animals on the planet that has the ability to store fat. Lions in Africa do not. They must kill game every three to four days or else they start to weaken and they start to lose weight. Elephants also do not have the ability to gain uh, fat. That's maybe surprising. They're big individuals, but they have to eat 20 to 22 hours a day. They're low nutrition to keep up their body mass because they really have a minimal ability to store fat. And fish. Fish have to eat almost constantly or else they uh, decline in weight. They starve to death. And that's why we have the ability to catch them with our lures and our bait. Fish eat every day because they do not have the ability to store fat. Now, examples of animals other than humans that have the ability to store fat, we all know uh, bears. Bears store fat for the same reason that we store fat. We store fat from our ancestral beginnings because we grew up as a society of cavemen who had long periods of starvation, had no ability to gain food. There was famine. So the ability to store fat allowed groups to survive through periods where food sources were minimal. Bears gain up to 300 pounds, fattening up on salmon and other uh, insects and the like, so that they can get through the winter when all of that food sources, the salmon, the insects are gone. They hibernate and they lose 250 to 300 pounds during hibernation. But that ability to store fat allows them to survive and continue on year after year. Whales, same thing. Whales feed and gain a great deal of weight by storing blubber, commonly known as fat, uh, at the poles. They eat krill until they can't eat anymore. Then they migrate to the other pole. In the meantime, they stop off at warm water areas to bear young, rear young, where there is less predator uh, demands upon them. So you can see that the ability to store fat has been a selection and a non-selection for certain species. We have been selected because in our early development uh, as cavemen, there were periods of famine, there were periods of low food, ability, times when you couldn't access it or couldn't hunt for it. And therefore they had an advantage for those people who could store fat. So in the beginning, human history about 50,000 to 60,000 years ago, early man faced a rugged, unforgiving world. It was partially because Earth was going through the last of its five known ice ages, but food was scarce and had to be worked on for even uh, an obtainment. It had to be hunted and gathered from the surrounding area using the few and primitive tools that they had available uh, to them. So it was not easy to build and store fat, gave them an advantage and they were selected, classic natural selection. 
there are often long periods of scarcity and even famine. Those individuals have robust genetic ability. Now consider genetic abilities are not black and white. They're genetic abilities that store fat readily, a little bit less readily, very much normal, hardly at all, and almost none at all. So there's a variation in it. So I'm not saying that, that the genetic ability to store fat is an all or none thing. So those individuals who had a strong ability to store fat survived through those sparse periods in our early uh, development as a species. And those with less of an ability to store fat either didn't survive or were weakened and didn't reproduce. Through the millennia from 50,000 to 10,000 years ago, when agriculture was finally developed and the domestication of animals occurred, the advantage switched a little bit. The evolution then favored those ability, or I'm sorry, those people who had a greater ability not to store fat. Today, with an abundance of food available in developed countries, the ability to store fat actually works against us. So the obesity and the related pathologies that are created by those of us who could store fat are working against us. And what are those disabilities? Heart disease, type two diabetes, stroke, kidney failure. So what once was an advantage of storing fat for just basic survival, and remember our caveman ancestors usually didn't live past 40 years. So now we live longer, we are developing the side effects of storing too much fat for too long. Today, the advantage is shifting to those people with less of ability to store fat. So for the, therefore, uh, those individuals who have the limited genetic expression to store fat, the hollow leg guys that we talked about, they're now favored in the new environment of a world of abundance. So today, they're a mixture of fat people, normal weight people, and thin people with the environment of abundance favoring the thinner and the normal people. Unless or until this environment of abundance changes due to scarcity over many millennia, which can be developed by war, different diseases, crop failures and the like, the thin more than the meat shall inherit the earth. Again, food for thought. Take a look at your own weight and understand why we are fat, no doubt the contributions from overeating, partying, alcohol, all the things of high calorie contribute to it. But there is within you a genetic expression that you may not know about, that you either store fat readily, store fat well, but not as much as the highest person, store fat normally, store fat a little less than normal, and store fat not hardly at all. And that's probably the only explanation that explains the whole spectrum that we see out there. So at your next opportunity in a crowd of people, take a look at the people around you and see how many fit into each one of these categories and understand that, yes, there's external influences like their diet and their exercise, but there is a, a spectrum of overweight that the root cause of which is a genetic expression of the ability to store fat which is a biochemical series of enzymes. Think about that and I'll conclude for this podcast. Thank you for listening.